uh, tonight. We've been talking about uh, the doctrine of mental attitude sins. We've been talking about how, as believers, we're wondering why we're not making a forward movement, not realizing that it's our mental attitude that is holding back. Come on, somebody. The blessings that God has, and not just the blessings, but also the purpose that God has for us in this life. And so far, we've discussed arrogance. We've talked about pride. We've talked about jealousy. We talked about imbendability, not the ability not to bend. You're so stuck that you don't want to, you're not flexible. We talked about that. Amen. Did we talk about that? Last week, I introduced you to stress. I want to kind of continue in that, in that vein of stress. In the university of life, stress and afflictions are not an elective course. They are required part of the curriculum. I'm going to say it one more time. Amen. In the curriculum of life, stress and aggravation and trouble is part of the required curriculum because it is the way that God will take the situations that you're dealing with and he will transform. God has a funny way of transforming us. I, I realize that in my prosperity and in my success, uh, I'm not thinking about growth. I'm thinking about luxury. I'm thinking about lavishness. I'm thinking about just living. But I thank God that every now and then God has to reshift some things. God has to allow some things. What's going on in your life right now is supposed to happen. Are you with me? Stress is not always a negative thing. Properly managed. Amen. It can lead to development and growth. See, we don't look at it like that because we've always looked at the stressful situations that we go through in life, amen, as negative and not as what can I learn through this? Are you with me? And so tonight I want to just kind of peek into this piece about stress, amen, but, but, but I do want to deal with, I do want to deal with, and I've been holding up on this one, amen, I want to deal with that bitterness piece. You see, oftentimes we're wondering why we're not moving forward. It is because what's going on in our minds, in God's eyes, it's sin. It's the mental attitude sins that we commit that we're, say, that we're either justifying or we're overlooking. Are you with me? And so, and so I want you to go to Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at this university of life stress issue. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, amen, go eat popcorn, that's how you find it, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, go eat popcorn, amen, if you need a Bible, raise your hand, we'll get you one, a brand new one at that, and you can take, you can keep it, amen, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says what, you see, oftentimes this word anxious here, it, it, the word means worry. Okay, now here's what worry is. Worry is something, it's, it's almost the act of caring, but caring too much. That's the idea of the Greek word, worry. 
you're so concerned about a situation, amen, that you're so, you care so much about it, but you can't do anything about it. So what, do you, what does it turn into? It turns into something negative. Are you with me? And so Philippians chapter four, Paul rejoices. And, and what he talks about here in this passage, he talks about the fact that they, these Philippians, this church in Philippi, that they should be the kind of people who in the midst of trials, there was a struggle going on with two sisters in the church, Utica and Syntyche. They were having struggle getting along. Amen. Paul says, listen, y'all need to get along, y'all. Verse four, he goes on. He says, he says, look what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord when? Imagine that. Imagine that you get up every day, you go to work, and your work is so stressful that it takes all your joy. Imagine this. Imagine that you are living around people when you wake up in, in the morning, they just take your joy. Come on, help me, somebody. We encounter different things, but the Bible declares that as believers, it's, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Look what he says. And again, I say rejoice. He says, let your gentle, what? Spirit be known to all men. What's he saying? He's saying as a believer, we have to get rid of this aggression that we have. This obnoxiousness that we carry around sometimes. This spirit that I don't want to be bothered. Come on, somebody. A gentle spirit means what? A gentle spirit. As a matter of fact, a gentle spirit really alludes to the fruit of the spirit. So therefore, as believers, we don't turn on and turn off. Come on, help me, somebody. See, what I'm saying is sometimes when we leave here, we turn back off. But see, the spirit is constantly working in us. He says, let your gentle spirit be known to who? Lord, help me to live this. He says, let, let, let your gentle spirit be known to who? To all men. Are you with me? Look what he says. The reason why is something that we fail to remember all the time. Look at the last part of that verse. You know, I'm going to break it down for you. The Lord. Now, this speaks to God's attributes or attributes. How is it that the God can be here and there and there and there and there and right here? Because he's omnipresent. Paul is alluding to the power of God, but the presence of God. He says the Lord is near. And what we fail to remember sometimes in our minds is that God is watching. God knows he's omniscient. And his, in his omniscience, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. But you're not alone. Come on, help me, will you? The Lord is what? Near. But he says, let your gentle spirit be known to man. And the motivation for that is because the... No. I, I, he's watching, but he's near. You, you know what near means? 
We're talking about his presence. So he can look, he can see, he can know. But when he says the Lord is near, he's right there with you. Oh, oftentimes when I wanted to go left, oh, I wish I had somebody. And the Holy Spirit <laughs> reminds me that the Lord is, you know what? I need to go right. Come on, somebody. You see, the nearness of God means this, that you and I have an intimate relationship with him, that it's possible to tap into his presence. Do I have anybody? It's amazing how God's presence, what you just experienced tonight, was not an emotional high. It was God's. The Lord is. Come on, somebody. I need you to try to repeat it. The Lord is. Come on, let's say it one more time. Because God is near to you, you're not alone. Stop feeling abandoned. Stop feeling like you can't do this by yourself anymore. Because you're not doing it by yourself. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I want to tell you something. His strength is what's keeping Because he's, oh, come on, y'all going to get it. He's what? Near. Don't overlook those words. But here's the thing. He's not near to those who complain. He's not near to those who don't have a gentle. Come on now. He's not near to those who do not read. Rejoice. So, so why, why, why should I rejoice? If I ain't got nothing else to rejoice about, I want to rejoice about this. The Lord is near. <laughs> Give God a reason to be. Come on, somebody. And here's the thing. Your attitude doesn't dictate how close he is either. He's going to be there anyhow. Because you are his child. You can't shake him. You can run from him, but he's, he's there. Watch this. Watch what he says. There. He says, and this is the reason why Paul says the next verse, in the next verse, in verse 6, this is why he says this. That's why he says this. Y'all going to make me break out my Greek now tonight. Huh? Look what he says next in verse 6. What does he say? He says, be Meramano in the Greek. Remember I told you about the word care? That's what the Greek word means. It means to care, to be care so much that it turns to worry. He says, when you worry, you forget that I'm, you stop, re, your spirit is not, Oh, we're getting this. Because you've taken your eyes off of me and you've placed it on your worry. And your worries and whatever is going on in your life. He says, be anxious. Amen. Be, have, have care. The, the word also means to be troubled. Word 
The word carries the idea to be anxious ahead of time. That's what some of us are doing right now. We're thinking about tomorrow. We're not thinking about today's trouble. We're thinking about tomorrow's trouble. And here's the thing. In the mental attitude sins category, you're wondering, man, how come I can't move forward? It is because God isn't near. It's the way we think. And, and look, and look, you're doing all the right things per se, but you're not seeing any movement. You're not seeing any results. Imagine that. Why am I not seeing any results, Pastor? Because I forgot, or maybe not forgot, but I didn't know I was committing sins mentally. You ever heard of mental murder? You know what Jesus said about your mind? This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and you've lusted after her in your heart, you can't say like Shaggy, it wasn't me. Y'all didn't catch that. See, that went way over your head, up 288, down 45, way on the north side. It wasn't me. You see, the Jews were thinking that it was a physical thing. Jesus said, no, here's what I say. I say, when you look on a woman and you lust for her in your heart, you've already committed adultery. That seems to me like a mental attitude what? So how many times do we commit adultery mentally? What about idolatry? See, I want to live a fruitful Christian life. But I got to make sure that I'm paying attention to the weeds that keeps growing up in my Christian life. And what I got to do is I got to find some fertilizer. You know what the fertilizer is? The word of God. See, don't get information. Get the information, but then apply it, and then it becomes a principle to your life. You with me? Watch this. He says, be anxious for nothing, for nothing. All right? For what? For, for what? For nothing. But in everything. Imagine if you start practicing this principle. Imagine if you make your first reaction to that anxious situation, prayer. But watch this though. Can't really pray right if I don't have a gentle spirit. If I'm not, if I really, if I really, if I'm looking at my situation and I have no joy and I have no reason to rejoice. Come on now. Cairo is that word for rejoice. <laughs> that, that word just means to, to have a joyous spirit. It means to greet people with the right attitude. That's what that word means. That word means that in spite of what you're going through, you can rejoice. In spite of what 
the devil has thrown at me, I can still rejoice because the Lord is near. <laughs> I'll take you right back there. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, in everything by prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication are two types of prayer. All right? All right? It's two types of prayer. All right? And, and requests is another type of prayer. Didn't know that. So you have prayer, you have supplication, and you have your request. Hello, somebody. Three different words. Right? He says, in everything by prayer, I don't have time to break it down, but he says, watch this. He says, by prayer and supplication, Here's the key word right here. With what? You see, when we learn, when we when we abandon the ability just to be thankful, just to be thankful. You know, God, I may not have everything, but I have something. Thank you. It's a simple word, you know. Babies say it, ta-ta. You understand what I'm saying? You see, but what I believe happens to us is we allow the pressures of our lives to take even that from us. The thankfulness that we should have. God, yes, I know the pressure. Listen, if you're a believer, you're going through, okay? You're going to have some pressure. But you know what happens when you put something in a pressure cooker? Come on, somebody. It gets tender. Could it be that God is trying to break some things out of your life and tenderize you to the point where you can feel again, you can love again, you can rejoice again, you can be thankful again? See? See? See, we can't be so hard. You see, because God loves you. He does. But we live, listen to this. We live in a society that transfers stress. Listen, that world that you go out in, here's what we do. We build ourselves up by intentionally inducing stress on our muscles. Imagine that. Why does the correlation between the physical and the spiritual so often elude us? Tense in the, in the shoulders and bodies all tensed up and heart attacks and all this other stuff. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say to you today is that we have to know how to manage the stressful situations that we deal with in life. Stop saying, oh, Jesus is going to fix it. And you ain't went to Jesus, for real. You didn't pray about it. Pray about everything. See? What we do is we ignore it. We, keep, we put a little Christian tag on it. God's going to work it out. Until you face it, he won't work it out. Until you deal with it, it's not going to work out. But until you pray about it. I'm going to tell somebody you got to pray. You got to seek God while you can, but you got to pray. But look what he says. He says, he says, make your request be known unto God. Unto who? Unto God. Let me tell you something. When you start thinking excellence, when your mind, when your mind, listen, let me say this. At salvation, 
your mind was regenerated. You know, you know, if you look at the word regenerate, it, it has the idea of regening. God regened you. He changed your DNA of your thinking. So what so so as a believer now, you have the ability to think excellence. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, rejoice. He says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, he says, and, and with, with prayer and supplication, make your request be known to who? To who? To God. Let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. We call everybody. We call everybody trying to, trying to figure it out. Robin Peter the PayPal. Amen. We're calling everybody, but when we run out of numbers, when nobody answers, oh, come on, somebody. Then we want to call God. And I'm not saying that for everybody, but what I am saying to you is God should be your first point of contact, not your last. God should be your first point of contact First resort, not your last resort. Come what may, God must be the first person that you tell about your issues. Lord, I'm telling you, I go to God just like this, yo, just like I'm talking to you today. I go to him, I said, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this situation. I need your help. I need insight. I need your love. And, 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 you know, I was in my prayer closet the other day, and the Lord said, now, everything you just wrote out on your prayer list, I want you to pick the hardest thing, and then I want you to ask me to do it for you. I picked the hardest thing on there. Do you not know that by the end of the day, y'all ain't going to believe this, y'all. Y'all going to believe this? At the end of the day, it's in motion. I said, why, why didn't he just do it? He wants to keep me in the spirit of thankfulness. He wants to keep me in a place where I keep coming back to him, where I, I'm not just coming back to him for what I can get. I'm coming back to him because as a son to a father, I have a relationship with him and he knows all about me. And because he knows all about me, I can lean on him. I can depend on him. I can talk to him because I know in my heart that he has shown me. And I've seen with my own eyes what God could do. Do I have anybody here who can tell me what God can do? I mean, he, you've seen him do some stuff in your life that, listen, no man could ever do. He delivered you. Come on, somebody. He saved you. He transformed you. He brought you to where you are. He changed the way you live. You used to live raggedy. Now you're living rich and you're living on in abundance and you're not doing some of the things you used to do. Why? Because God did that for you. God did that. He says, what happened? Is it, is it only when things are bad you want to have a conversation? Watch the text now. Watch the text. Text says, boy, there's so much in here. Verse 7. And the what? 
talking about your stressful situation. I'm talking about stress tonight. Watch this. First of all, you cannot have the peace of God if you are not at first at peace with God. I'm going to say it one more time. You and I cannot have the peace of God if we are not at first at peace with God. Are you with me? Watch this. He says, and the peace of God. Anybody ever felt his peace? Imagine this. Imagine the God of the universe. Listen to me real good. The one who hung the moon and the stars. The one who scoops out every valley. The one who caps out every mountain with snow. Decorate the skies with stars. Amen. The God who created you and I says, you can share in my peace tonight. Come on, somebody. I will, I will extend my peace to you. You see, there's a difference between the world's peace and the peace of God. The world's peace, I used to say this many years ago, has strings attached to it. It's not really peace. What it really is, is a preference. <laughs> the world can't give you what God can really give you. When you leave here tonight, if you can leave here tonight and you can be overpowered by his peace, the peace of what? The Lord is near. The peace of his presence. You know, there are often times when I leave here at church and I'm driving home, I just shut everything off. And I just be riding, man, and, and it just be so beautiful. I, I've never, uh, listen to me real quick, listen to this. When you can appreciate creation, it means that you're close to your creator. Because he's showing you. I was, earlier I was getting ready to take my evening rest. And I went in and got ready and I was sitting there and I heard the birds chirping. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Come on, man. See, sometimes we are so, we have so much chaos going on in our lives. We can't even pay attention to the beautiful sound of the birds chirping. I was like, man, where is that stuff? I mean, and it wasn't slow. It was loud. They were like, wee, wee, wee. I'm like, whoa, y'all having fun out there. And I imagine, I imagine, this is what I imagine in my mind. Matthew 6. He says, look at the birds of the air. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. They, they, I, I, remember I said, I said, I've never seen a stressed out bird. Ever. Or oh, a hungry bird. Ever. And here's what I'm saying to you. 
God in that moment allowed me to experience his nearness. When you are near to God, you can appreciate certain aspects of his attributes and his creation. You can look outside and you can say, man, it's a beautiful skyline. Of driving home sometimes, it's just, it's so peaceful. Just listen to the wind blow. I'm trying to paint a picture. I used to look at the Bacardi uh, billboards and, and it'd be sweating and the water, you know how they pour it and make it look real good on the way home. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hit me. I used to take the route to the weed man house on the way home. Y'all follow me? Y'all see what I'm saying? But now I can drive past the liquor store and don't go in. Come on, somebody. I, I can pass by the people I used to hang with without even looking that direction because the peace of God is so strong with me. You know why? Because I'm not worried about anything. I'm going to say it one more time. Take the attitude, I'm going to pray about everything, and I'm going to worry about nothing. I'm going to say it one more time. Pray about everything, worry about nothing. He said, Pastor, but how some of us don't even think we can live a life with no worry. You know what you're doing? You're putting that on you. The Lord is near. Watch what he says. He says, and, 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 and he says, where am I at? And the peace of God, watch this, which surpasses all comprehension. Will what? Wait a minute. 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 I think we got this peace of God wrong. See, when people think about the peace of God, they think about a feeling. God says, in the midst of your storm is where you will experience my peace. Now, let me tell you what the word guard means. It means to be arrested. To be held in custody. A guardian. He says, the peace of God will arrest you. How many of you have been arrested by God's peace? How many of you are being held without bail? Let me speak your language right quick. Huh? How, how many of you, you don't need a bail's bond. You don't need that. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the peace of God has you in custody. Lord, hold me in custody of your peace. Keep me. Guard me. Guard me. But watch what he says. The peace of God will guard. Watch this. The peace of God will guard your what? Hearts. You know what your heart is? The seat of your emotions. All your emotional stuff comes from your heart. Some people's hearts are so hard. Some people are so bitter. 
Listen, why did you allow the circumstances in your life to cause you to become so bitter? That ain't who you was. That's the bondage. That ain't who you was. You've had bad relationships. You've had breakups. You've had divorce. You've had you have this, you have that, you have layoffs, you have been fired, you've had failed, you failed things that happens in your life. But here's the thing, it's made you bitter. God says, if you just turn to me, gosh, I'm going to guard your heart from being hurt again. Because you keep talking to people, not me. They can't protect you. They can't love you like I can love you. They can't give you the life that I want to give you. Because you keep giving them your heart. I don't have your heart. Because if you give me your heart, I will protect it. Oh, come on, help me. We got some people with some heartbreak up in here. But God says, give me your heart. Give it to me. Let me be the protector of your heart. But watch this. Watch the next part to the verse. He says, I will guard your heart. I will keep it in custody. Nobody's going to be able to touch it. Watch this. And your minds. Your minds. You, you know, the Greek word carries the idea here of thinking, but also schemes is where you plot. He says, I'll guard the place where you be setting up shop. I'll sanctify that mind in Christ Jesus. It ain't happening apart from Jesus. You can say, God, all you want, you need Jesus. Without Jesus, this don't work. So you got to give Jesus your heart. You have to give Jesus your life. And he says that he will guard this place where all your scheming go on. Where all your plotting happens. In other words, he gives you what's called, you ready? A sanctified mind. A sanctified mind. What is a sanctified mind? I got three minutes. What is a sanctified mind? A mind, amen, that's, that's set up, amen, to think like Christ. Lord Jesus. It comes under the control of the Holy Spirit. This ain't magic. This is real. It comes under the control of the Holy Spirit, and it causes you to think differently. Lord, take my heart, but also take my mind. Nebuchadnezzar, when he went against God, you know how you got, you know how he, you know how he ended up the way he he did, right? Because he thought that he did everything. <laughs> you, you know what God did? 
God took his mind. 22 years ago, God took my mind. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. He took my mind, y'all. Okay, here I am, a man who was very successful. But he said, I'm going to take the very thing that you rely on the most, your mind. You think you could outthink me? You think you could outsmart me? You think that I, I don't exist? Let me show you how much I exist. Only God can take a wretch like me and put him in his pulpit to teach people like you. Only God can do that. Because let me tell you something. I was running from all this. This, was a, this wasn't even in my mind. So that goes to show you that God is ultimately in control of your life. Lord, I wish some of you would just let go and let God. I wish you would stop hesitating and just let God have your life for real. For real. Not for fake, for real. Sitting out there in Alvin, Texas, in the rain, no socks on, just sitting in the right there in the, in, in the, in, in the what? In the field, yeah, that's, no, I'm talking about when y'all came and picked me up. Sitting there at the side of Kroger, raining, sitting there talking to myself. They thought I was on drugs. I was demon possessed. Oh yeah, I was hearing voices in one mind. And I wasn't smoking nothing. Now you know something wrong when you ain't smoking nothing, you hearing voices. They're wondering, what's wrong with this man? God says, I want to show you something. Let me show you who I am. Because after all, you did say, if I was real, I got to prove myself to you. And that's my exact words. But I thank God that today, he got my mind. He got my heart. Ain't no psychiatrist. That's why I believe in Christian counseling. Ain't no psychiatrist, ain't no drugs, ain't no pill could bring me back from where God brought me from. Oh, they got ADDD and HBDD and all this other B's and G's and elemental P's, but all you need is to give your heart and your mind to Jesus. I believe in Jesus. He says he will guard it. I'm so stressed out. I'm disappointed when I became a Christian. Disappointed. You know why I was disappointed? I was wondering why so many Christians have so much information but no application. Why do we have, we know God. You guys raised in church. Know what's right, but you have no power. God showed me his power. And I believe him, and that's why I stand here today, 20-something years later. Why? Because I believe. And nothing will turn me from him. Nothing. And I've had some hard days. Come on and help me, somebody. And you've had some hard days. But listen, you can't quit. We have the power. We have the power of the word of God. Do you not know 
that in the book of Revelation, Jesus describes himself as the word that keeps. The word that holds you in the time of testing. In the time of testing, you can't sing them all 100s. You need a word. You need a word. That's why it's important to come to Bible study and learn the Bible and then apply the Bible. He says, finally, brothers, this is what our problem is. You know what our problem is when our thinking? For some reason, we just believe lies. Why do we believe the lies about ourselves over the truth? He says, when your mind is guarded and your heart is guarded, whatever things are what? True. In counseling, I say facts. Focus on the facts. Stop talking about what you think it is. Facts. What are the facts? He says, whatever things are true, aletheia, it has to be laced with the word. Aletheia has the idea, watch this, of truth applied. Things that are real. What's real? What's fiction? Oh, they don't like me down there in church because, you know, where you get that from? Oh, he ain't going to do right. Where you get that from? Well, I've been living with him a lot. Well, you don't know how God can change him. True. Whatever's true. For some reason, we lock in on lies. And we believe it. I was watching this. Oh, no, I ain't going to say that. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right. Imagine if you leave here tonight and tomorrow you start thinking on these things. Okay, listen. From now on, listen, we're going to stop arguing. we stop all this stuff. And if it ain't true, we ain't believing it. Whatever is honorable. You see that? Whatever is, you know what that word honorable means? Reverenced. Something that's, something that, that, that has dignity. Watch what he says. He says, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is of what? Good repute. And if there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, do what? Do what? Dwell. Logizomai. Dwell. You know, that's a word. That's an accounting word. You know what logizomai means? The word means to be an accountant, to calculate. Balance the books. So here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Tonight, right now, I'm going to start calculating what I'm thinking. If it ain't true, if it ain't pure, if it ain't lovely, if it's of good repute, if it's not worthy of excellence, if it's not worthy of praise, I am not dwelling on it no more. No mas. Amen. Give God a hand clap praise. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. God is good, y'all. Amen. Boy, you need to come sing like that again next week, okay? Sunday. <laughs> Amen. See, this is why I believe. I believe that be, you know we started this thing where we're coming into the we're coming into worship. We're consecrating ourselves. That's what we're doing. We're consecrating ourselves. 
and 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 because we're consecrating ourselves i believe that god is honoring our action of consecrating our minds and our hearts before they come on this stage to worship before i come out here to preach and i want to say this to you god wants to change your life but you have to put your life in his hands and if you're here tonight if you're here tonight you say, Pastor, you know what? I'm stressed out. Let's shoot. I'm, I, my thinking is all over the place. And I need prayer. I need prayer tonight. You just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Praise God. I'll pray for you. Yeah. 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 We, we're going to stop thinking defeat. If it ain't lovely. See, what you got to do with that scripture, here's what you got to do with that scripture. You got to take that scripture, put it on a, on, a, on a notepad, on a note, sticky note. Stick it on your window. Stick it on your, on your mirror. Stick it in your car until it gets in your heart. Okay, what, I'm not saying neglect your responsibilities. I'm saying think on those things that are lovely, beautiful. 